Hi, this is Al Fuentes. Welcome to the Self-Empowerment Experience. Join me and my guests on a journey of their stories of their lives and how they have found themselves, found empowerment through everyday life. It's inspiring, it's uplifting, it's exciting. People from all walks of life come on the program to share their tools, their resources, their insights, so that you may benefit from them. Thank you for stopping by and tuning in. Well, welcome. Thanks. To the self-empowerment experience. I'm stoked. Uh, Brian North. Uh, I'm really grateful. We've been trying to nail this down for a while. In fact, when you and I um, kind of were originally talking, I'm like, boom, I'll buy a mic today. And I think that was December. I remember. <laughs> and then I sent you a picture. I'm like, ordered. Let's yep. go. Yep. And I think, what, what, we're in March now, right? Yeah. But all that really is is a testament to how busy we really are in our yeah. lives. And you have a beautiful family and uh, a beautiful business. Um, but yeah, talk to me about just whatever you want in general, but more, I'm more intrigued and what I like bringing people on for is so people can hear some really cool stuff in people's stories. You have an amazing company that was ranked number one in Arizona in brokerage. That's right. And number two in agent. Correct. And this all came from a guy who wasn't even in the car, wasn't even in the real estate industry. Before this, you were in the the, the car industry, yep. right? And then before that, you were waiting tables. I'd call it hospitality. Yeah, I mean, I thought of it as hospitality. I was a waiter. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm in the hospitality That's business. exactly right. I'm slinging bills yeah. and delivering <laughs> That's bills. how I thought about it, though. You know, I mean, it was that, you know, it was like whatever I was up to. You know, I put my own prideful spin on it, you know, yeah. so that it was something I was excited to do. But yeah. Prideful or um, wanting to like future step into the bigness that you're meant to be. Yeah, I think that's what it was. It was, you know, at the time I would just say I was proud. I was proud of what I did and whatever I was doing. Um, I mean, I, I, I sold shoes at a shoe store, a run, a, like a, a runner's style shoe store mm -hmm. in Durango, Colorado. And, um, you know, before that I was a blockbuster video, uh, you know, and I think back to all those times, like especially the shoe business, I mean, I called the shoe business. I was a shoe salesman making seven bucks an hour and I just can't help it because I knew every, I just studied every brand and what their value propositions were. And I understood, listened to what the needs of people's feet and how important they were. And it would, so it was just wasn't any, it's never been different. I would call that, uh, the concept of owning yourself mm -hmm. in the business you're in. Mm -hmm. And that's a really cool thing. Yeah. I was actually in the, the shoe industry yeah. as well, working for JC Penney's. Got it, yeah. In the shoe department, yep. <clears throat> fitting people. Sure. Saw some gnarly feet, you yeah. know. Yeah, we called I mean, we called it shoe fitting. I mean, you say it fitting, you know, that word. Yeah. It was like we weren't I wasn't a shoe salesman. I was a shoe was shoe fitter. In yeah. fact, the store I worked at was called Brown's Shoe Fit, you know, and it was <laughs> something that we were really we were proud of. It was, yeah. you know. That's really cool. Yeah. There's a just to, to, to speak to that, I, I truly believe that's one of the pieces of the framework of your own mentality that you, I don't know if it was you were born with or it kind of feels like you were born with mm. because owning yourself 
and showing up fully in whatever business you're in and feeling like you, this is you in a way, like, Mm -hmm. because you are, it it is you. Mm -hmm. I believe that's a testament to your success, but that's a unique thought process. Mm -hmm. Like, where does that come from as a kid? Yeah. You know, as a kid, I I don't really know. I, I remember being like that as a kid. Um, my dad tells the story about, uh, my dad was in the, he's still a, he's in the plumbing business, mm-hmm. um, new construction plumbing. And he's been in new construction plumbing for a long time. My grandfather owned a new construction plumbing business. My grandfather had a really familial, um, ecosystem or, you know, com- communal type feel to his business, much the same way that I do. Um, and, um, Every Friday, uh, all the, the men that worked for my grandfather would have their significant others and children uh, come to what they called the shop. Uh, and he would do like, kind of like, you know, you have coolers full of beer and, you know, a bunch of, you know, cheese and salami plates. And, you know, everyone would just kind of hang out and get to know each other better, that kind of thing. And my dad used to talk about me being kind of a party favor. Yeah. You know, he would stand me up on a chair and, you know, rally the guys over to come around me and ask me sports questions, you know? And he was like, Brian, you just used to blow minds. You know, you knew every stat about every sport. Guys would ask you, what, you know, how many touchdowns does this quarterback have or whatever it might be? And it was this kind of thing. And I remember it being fun. You know, it just was, I didn't like watch TV as a five-year-old going, I'm going to remember stats to be a party favor. You know what I mean? It just, just was really anything I was into, I was into. It was just really about retaining and knowledge and understanding. And I, the surface superficial stuff was never really meant anything to me. It wasn't about the touchdown dance. It was about how he got to the touchdown dance, mm. which is really interesting. And I don't know yeah, where that came yeah, from. That's an amazing yeah. for a child to have. Yeah, yeah that's I don't. an amazing thought process. Yeah, I was always, I always, I was always paying attention to the technical side of everything. Mm. Um, and then what was the first job? Uh, first job I ever had? Ever. First job I ever had was uh, I worked at a bait and tackle store, a fishing store, um, cleaning up the bait shop. Uh, really? That was it. Yeah, it was really just a, a hand, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, it paid me three bucks an hour. And uh, I was thir- in Colorado. In Colorado. Yeah, I was 13 years old. I guess before that, I had a paper route, but that was short lived. Um, I mean, like weeks short lived. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> like, it didn't. Is it like this isn't for me? Like- well, it was like, uh, you know, well, I can actually tell you um, uh, my mom, we, we, we had to move a lot. And, um, you know, my mom was single mom at a really early age. So, she, you know, she was, she had me when she was 17. And so in her, in her early, you know, when I had my paper out, I was probably nine or 10 years old. So she was 26, 27. And, you know, if, if she was running late for work one morning, as we all know what that might be like, I'd miss my paper route. That doesn't work for the guys who pay for a paper subscription. Right. You know what I mean? So our life just wasn't conducive to me running a business at 10 years old. Yeah. So that didn't Which work it, out. Which it is an actual business. You can sign people up, you mm-hmm. renew people. Yeah. I mean, that whole paper out thing. Yeah. Uh, maybe some of the younger people wouldn't know, but that that was a fundamental business. It really was. I was excited for the opportunity. And, you know, the kid before you had to, he had his route, you know, routes didn't open up, you know, and you had to kind of be nominated for Mm -hmm. the route. And like, I got my shot and it lasted a couple of weeks and was over after that. But then it was the bait and tackle store. And were you just sweeping floors, cleaning up the dirt? That's exactly right. Picking up worms that fell over. That's right. Anything you needed me to do, I was just a hand around the store. How did you get it? uh, My stepfather was friends with the owner of the tackle store and it was kind of like, Hey, if you ever need help for my kid, you know, let me know. And 
Uh, so it was like two or three days a week for two hours after school. I'd come sweep the shop and, you know, clean he the windows. He didn't and even need to. He, he didn't. Just, need he just he didn't. That's exactly what it was. An you got it. And, and he didn't even really pay me. I, whatever 10 or 12 bucks that I made in a week's work, you I traded it for. Worms? Uh, not worms? Yes, I did, <laughs> but it wasn't worms. It was uh, some kind of tackle or a fishing rod, or I applied it toward fishing gear and I, I went fishing a lot. I didn't yeah. realize you were that big of a fisherman. Yeah, yeah. I fished every day. Really? Literally every single day. Yeah, it was a, uh, you know, uh, I've come to learn in my adult life as I'm, um, I'm right now, uh, have a coach that's helping me understand where a lot of my adult behavioral patterns come from, mm. uh, most of which were identified, you know, they're, they're bred in you as a child um, that, that create these uh, common patterns in our lives. And I realized that one of them was to get the heck out of the house. Yeah. Uh, home life wasn't exactly, it wasn't a, it wasn't exactly an exciting place and environment to be in. And um, so while fishing was wondrous for me, I mean, I really, really cherished every moment. It was, if it was a hot summer day, I loved it as much as a cold, sleety, rainy day. Um, I, I enjoyed the birds. I enjoyed the sounds. Um, I enjoyed the hunt. I really did. If I didn't catch a single fish, it didn't matter. It was that process of I'm figuring it out. All so of today, it. Today, you, you didn't catch anything. Now you know this is not an active place. To fish, and you were excited to learn one more thing to advance your fishing. That's right. It, right baits, wrong baits, how they work in windy conditions, currents, different colors of water, clear versus murky. Did you all retain of those it details. up here, or did you ever write anything down? All elemental retain. Yeah, mm -hmm. I didn't write anything down. Yeah. You mentioned something about getting out of the house. Yeah, um, I can appreciate that personally. So, and we and we've talked because we've yeah. known each other for. 2007, eight? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. That's when we first started. It's a beautiful thing. I've lost track of time. You know, yeah. I haven't tracked the time that we've known each other. I really couldn't go back. It's now feels like forever in a good way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So when did you, um, just a quick, well, we'll figure that out later. Yeah. Anyway, I want to stay on this track because, you know, there's some similarities when it comes to being out of the house. Yeah. Single mom. Yeah. Um... And it's nothing personal against my mother yep. or yours, but we only know what we've been taught. Mm -hmm. And we only are capable of so much at the time that of our evolution in that moment. Mm -hmm. And at 17, your mom is only capable of so much. Mm -hmm. My mom having three kids, making 12 grand a year, newly divorced, is only capable of so much. And she's working like a lot. Um, and then her story, which is a little different than your mom's, I'm sure, but her story, she lived a pretty troubled life. Mm -hmm. So her her version of love was a very a much smaller version of love than I was aware of and mm -hmm. knew. And so for me personally, I was needing to be active. Needing, I was on the search all mm -hmm. the time mm -hmm. and trying to to not only experience a bigger version of life, bigger version of love, but just trying to figure myself out at the same time. Mm -hmm. Was there similarities to that for you? Um, no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know is my answer. What I mean by that is I think my mom was in search for love. Right. Um, but I also, my mom did a really good job of her love was shown both verbally and with physical touch. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you know, I can remember 
my mom regularly like tickling my forehead when I went to sleep, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And, you know, tickling my back to put me to sleep. Um, she regularly told me she loved me. Hugs were okay. Kisses were okay. I mean, that was, so I didn't really, she, she told me I could do it. Right. I didn't, I, you know, I mean, it, if I wanted to have a mo a purple mohawk and an earring and go to Boy Scouts, she would be like, we can do this. I've seen you that know? picture, by yeah. the way. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. It was just, and I would go, she would, you know, borrow from friends to buy me the full Boy Scout outfit. And I'd go for two weeks and be like, you know, this is for nerds. And, you know, like, you know, it was just my, how I was as a kid, you know what I mean? And abandon the whole thing. And she'd be like, that's okay. We're going to find your thing. So I really did have quite a bit of support and quite a bit of love. My, my father really based on geography was absent, but he was, he was there in spirit. I mean, he called regularly and checked in and he had a good value base and those kind of things. So while it was extremely non-traditional, I was able to extract the good parts of what was right. going on in the parenting situation. So why did you feel like you needed to be out of the home so much? Um, my, uh, my mom, uh, her relationships, her, um, intimate relationships, boyfriends, dating relationships, the stepfather, the environment, you know, um, you know, it was just it, fundamentally, it wasn't a healthy environment from a, like, you know, we didn't eat healthy. She didn't know any better. This isn't right. her, about her. She, right. she did what she knew. She 100%. did all she knew. She did what she, the budget would allow for. Absolutely. I intuitively knew I was in sports and, you know, hanging out with friends who had different means than us. I understood there was a different way, <laughs> uh, you know? And so, uh, but it was unhealthy food, you know, um, my mom smoked, you know what I mean, in, in the house. And so it was just like, there was like a cloud of smoke in the house all the time. And, yeah. and then my stepfather, um, probably uh, uh, technically an alcoholic, right. um, not like what you would think of as like a throw stuff, stumble around the hallways kind of alcoholic, but just, you know, a lot of bravado, a lot of ego, loud, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, he, you knew he was around. That's right, for sure. And then, you know, he was outspoken, and so that would trigger people. And then, it, you know, three to four days a week, there was, you know, there was people arguing. It was just that kind of an yeah. environment. It was an unhealthy environment. How did you know that that's not what you wanted? I know that sounds like yeah. a dumb question, yeah. but there's a lot of kids that just sit in it yeah. and just, like, experience and just take it all in. Yeah. Like, what was there a deeper voice saying get out? Is there uh, no, you know what I think. If I've I've never really thought about it, so I'm going to answer your question on the fly. Like it's like I'm, I went right to a quick like, what's my innate feeling, right? And early, early on, you know, I don't know, I don't know why, but my mom, as this single mom with little babies, kind of let us roam. You know, I mean, she'd let us go out in the front yard and like not really pay attention to us. You know, That's how like it was in our family. yeah, and so like. That for me, I think I had so much freedom to kind of explore and experience what was outside the house that for me, it was like, I, if I looked at like one hand, my right hand full of something and my left hand full of something, I liked what was better in the right hand more, if that makes sense. Sure. So it was like inside the house, it feels like that. And outside the house, it feels like that. I think I'm just going to be outside the house more. That's what came up in me when you asked me that question. So let's, let's yeah. break that down a little bit for people who are listening and want to understand this happens to this day for all of us, by the way. And, in, and as a kid, you're more aware of it. But there is a natural desire to be in um, high vibrational experiences, yeah. just in all of our souls and all of our subconscious. 
Then there's the human construct that is something we choose to put ourselves in, mainly driven by expectation, mm. obligation, and burden. And as a kid, you, as you know, with your own kids, who are amazing, by the way, Thank they you. have a lot of that s- s- inner voice. What do they want? How do I want to feel? How do I want to experience? And before we got on, you were telling a story about how your one son was like, hey, you're going to put on these shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, explain that story real yeah. quick for me. You guys are getting out. You're yeah, so, I mean, look, I, I definitely have a style about me. I'm <laughs> style conscious, okay? So I, let's just put it that way. It, yeah. the st- I pay attention to it. My hair's a certain way, my shoes, my look, whatever my thing is, I have. it's my deal, right? Yeah. And, of course, as parents, you know, we're like, we want our, I want my kid to look cool. You know, I don't want him to get, there's probably an element of like not getting picked on bullied. So he's like, you know, pop culturally he's being accepted. And then I have my own kind of style and you kind of just think of like, I don't know, I want my kids to experience what I experience kind of thing. So I take him to the van store to buy him cool, like check colored vans, you know, and we pick them out and he goes home and then he never wears them. And he wears what I think are like dorky shoes and his pants are funny the way he wears them, you know, like I'm almost picking on my kid, you know, here I don't want him to get bullied and like I'm bullying him, you <laughs> right, know. Like um, yeah, so I, I give him all like, how come you're not wearing the shoes we just bought you? Yeah, like, they're cool. Yeah, like we're going to go hang out. And he's like, because I like these shoes better. I'm like, why? Guess what his answer is? Because they're more comfortable. <laughs> like, that's a good concept. So I'm like, no, but I know these other ones, they're like, they're cool. And we just picked them out. And he's like, dad, I mean, if they're cool for you and you want me to wear them for you, then I will. But like, oh. I don't want to wear them. <laughs> that, that's, you know, like, ooh, there's a big self-realization yeah, in like, that moment. You it's know? like a big aha yeah, that's moment. right. You got it. And that's exactly what you said in uh, just a different way. Yeah. Essentially kids, especially kids, and, and we observe them, whether you were a parent or not, you can observe kids really just doing what calls to their soul. Right their beingness and if you're gonna if the right hand is this and the left hand is this and the left hand calls to you as a kid you just go yes and there's no obligation expectation now some younger kids will are are kind of born with a certain level of expectation burden obligation and then fit into that role where they won't choose the thing that feels good and that's okay but in the majority that that is the case and what I find fascinating about that is how quickly we lose that as adults and how much that we get into expectation, obligation, and burden. And, and so for me, just asking you, well, why outside? Mm-hmm. For everyone, it's a great moment to just think about, well, how often am I saying yes to what feels good, mm-hmm. truly feels mm-hmm. good? And how often am I making choices based off of expectation mm-hmm. or obligation? Mm-hmm. Dad, if you want me to wear them because yep. you think they're cool, yep. then I'll wear them. Yep. You got it. <laughs> you know, or whatever that is. I had a, I had a real adult version of this yesterday. Really? So, you know, yeah. Um, and I, it was, it's the end of an era for me of obligation. Um, I, uh, I was called by a really close friend of mine uh, who worked with us, um, who has since moved on the last four or five months to Grand Canyon University. And she reached out to me and asked if I would do the keynote presentation for uh, Grand Canyon University Honors College um, yesterday. And my ego fired, the bravado part of my ego fired and said, yes, right? That was my answer right yeah. away. Uh, oh, wait, let me ask, when? How long do you need me to speak? What do you want me to speak on? What's the, you know, all of these sorts of things. And, um, and it was like, this date, such and such, like, I'd be honored and I want to do it 
for you, right? I'd love to be of value to you, right? Um, so I booked it. And, uh, and looking and not looking at my calendar for the next five weeks, I had no bandwidth. I mean, I had just zero bandwidth, not even mental bandwidth to be able to put toward what really I needed to, sh I wanted to show up great for. Um, and as each day passed, I wore this presentation. Like heavier and heavier. Here it comes. And it just every day, a new brick on my shoulders and then another brick on my shoulders and another brick on my shoulders. And then about five days before the keynote presentation, I went, I mean, and, and for those first four or five weeks, I'm like, I need to write this speech, right? Mm -hmm. And I couldn't, I mean, I just couldn't even get a pen in my hand. I couldn't muster up the energy. Anytime I was going to do it, it was at 4.30 in the morning or it was at 9.30 at night. Right. And I just couldn't put the energy to it. There was a lot of inner fighting. All of it, it was all inner fighting. Wow. The whole thing was just this inner turmoil. And, uh, and a week out, I went, you know what? Um, I went back to this, the conversation I had about the morning I called you in Portland, Oregon, and I couldn't sleep the night before for my first presentation mm -hmm. for Fidelity. And it was, you know, I kept resonating this thing of like, just show up as your best self and it'll be just fine. You're not there for them. You're there for you. And, you know, these uh, sort of thing. And I went, I'm just going to freestyle this thing. Like I'm a keynote presentation, you know, I'm being paid, which feels now there's this extra obligation. I've really got to show up now to do this. And I went, I'm just going to freestyle it. I'm going to show up my best self and I'm going to freestyle. It. Now the burden's really on, right? <laughs> now I'm really wearing it. I'm starting, I'm nervous. I haven't been nervous to get in front of a room of people in a long time. Right. And uh, I, the night before, so Friday night, um, I woke up at two in the morning, acid reflux. I mean, literally I've worked myself now into where my wow. body is firing and I have acid reflux. I've, I've got horrible gas in my stomach and uh, I wake up tired. So now I'm just completely not my best self. You know, <laughs> I got to get myself mentally prepared <clears throat> and I go in and I did a good job just like that. You heard the tone in my voice, like me beating myself up. I was like, it wasn't great. I was happy with the content. It wasn't my best self. It wasn't my, and I got in my car and I felt like 9,000 pounds of bricks were off my shoulders. And I went, that's the last time I do anything out of obligation. Like it's okay to say no, you know, wow. I've got to really fall in love with that. So that thing that you talk about of walking through this world out of obligation versus out of self-service and showing up for yourself, like it, it will be a pivot point in my life for sure. Um, Cause it was something I was so excited for. It's something I would tell you I'd worked my whole life for. It was something I had intentionally set that I wanted to be an impact on people age 19 to 27. I started saying that two years ago mm -hmm. and this was my first first opportunity, yet I did not serve myself first in the present moment and say, no, this isn't the time to do this, right. if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that also explains the buildup of yeah. this. And yeah. after a big emotional release, yeah. even a, a, an aha moment, mm -hmm. part of it, the emotional release was the actual speaking. Okay, yeah. now it's done. Yeah. And then the aha moment, the chemicals that get released into the body is huge. And so today you wake up feeling yeah. that. Um, but you spoke to a couple things there, the obvious one you already mentioned, but one that is a subtle one is our emotions truly affect our physical self. For sure. And for anyone who wonders what that means on a deeper level, um, you know, some people get uh, stressed and get tension headaches or shoulders get achy, they get tight. Some people, they, they throw out their back or whatever else it is. 
But it goes farther than that. What? I'm all of that right now. <laughs> That's hilarious. Every single part of it right now. Yeah. But this on a very real level, yeah. like this goes as far as cancer. Yeah. It goes as far as physical breakdowns and, you know, uh, just de- de- um, debilitating like shoulder mm. issues and yeah, <laughs> we talked about that. Even sometimes the emotional will create uh, ego bravado to have you do that one more flip and land in the water and jack yourself up. So sometimes the emotion is literally the chemicals releasing because the brain fires how you're feeling and thinking. And the, some of the strongest chemicals you can release because of how much they just are nonstop. I mean, positive vibrations energy is, is really a huge, powerful chemical release too in a positive direction, but it's not as nonstop as fear, doubt, worry, stress. And as you build up from this last week, it's a nonstop brick upon brick on your shoulder, dumping a ton of chemicals into your body. Now your blood has to process in release in your uh, kidneys and your liver are more strained. Uh, there, the toxicity level goes up, uh, the acid level goes up. And I'm not talking about the acid reflux, although that's a like that is like a volcano, if you will. I'm just talking about the acidity of the body increases as we release more chemicals. And so then we're more susceptible to sicknesses and, and issues and illness. And then those acids and in, in the chemicals can sit in a certain area of the body. So someone starts having shoulder problems, elbow, knee, ankle, or it can sit in an organ and fester into some kind of a tumor. That's how big of a deal the emotional construct is and how it affects us. And it, the ultimate is the acid level got so high in your body. I can taste it in my tongue. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like um, yeah. wake up in the morning and I can tell on my tongue that I'm, that I'm acidic, you know? Yeah. Um, so. And it's mm. important for people to know like what you think about truly affects your health mm-hmm. state. Mm-hmm. So how do you counter that? Like mm-hmm. what are you doing to counter? Obviously now you've gotten through the speech and you have an aha moment. And mm-hmm. part of the counter is I'm never going to compromise myself mm-hmm. in that way again. I'm going to be more mindful. Mm-hmm. And yes, I still want to do it, but mm-hmm. at a time that honors me. Mm-hmm. That's an obvious counter. Yeah. But what's the other work? What's the mental work that you have to do to counter the chemicals? It's incremental self-auditing, you know? I mean, that's Ooh, really what it is for That sounds me. very technical. Yeah, well, it's just, it's like... I mean, a self-audit, it's like it, if I had a balance sheet of my beingness, you know, and you just go through and you're going, what's not serving me anymore, right? I mean, right. you and I have been talking for how long about me quitting drinking? How long have we been talking about that? Need Ooh, to drink it's less. It's been a while. It's and been I, probably four years, I'd right. say. And it's not, did I ever say to you, hey, Al, I think I'm an alcoholic? I think I really have a problem. You never were. Never, ever. I never have had a problem with alcohol. Mm-hmm. I've, I've At least twice a year, I, I don't drink for 30 or 45 days. I'll just go clean just to clean my body out. Um, three years ago, I did 120 days leading up to my 40th birthday. Um, and so, but I quit drinking. I quit drinking January 7th. And, um, and so for me it's, and it's like, well, when are you going to start again? I'm not, I'm not, you know, why not? Because it doesn't serve me anymore. Um, and, uh, and I never had a problem with it. It's just, if I look at the, the process of self auditing was like, eh, my financial life is, you know, I want to make sure that I'm in, in a, my best financial state. Alcohol is expensive. It's an expensive problem. Um, you know, I want to be my most healthy. Uh, well, if I drink, then I don't sleep well. Mm-hmm. I don't sleep well, then I wake up and I'm not mentally ready and prepared. Mm-hmm. If I wake up sluggish, I don't want to work out. 
If I don't work out, then I don't move my body. So it's just like that one thing is something that has seven different spokes off of it that can make one effect. That's an easy thing to audit and just take out of the life. So it's just, you know, things like that. Um, yeah, it taxes the body too. That's right. I mean, just the, it just the amount of energy it takes to process yep. alcohol. Yep. And, yeah, By, that, that, and backing up real quick, that process self auditing. If you hear it was like, what am I doing to? Um, uh, what is that mental work? You know, on the, on the human level, I'm looking at finances. I'm looking at better sleep patterns. I'm looking at a better diet. I'm looking at um, more exercise, right? Those sorts of things. And here was one thing I found that would positively affect all of those things versus I'm going to eat better. I'm going to spend less. I'm going to, you know, right. instead of going to try and fix all of those things, there was a, I found a conduit that would make an incremental difference in all of those. It's a more efficient path to wellness. That's, that's actually a really brilliant because... It, it can be a low-hanging fruit because mm-hmm. in theory, it, it's a fundamental um, attainable thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, emotionally, if we feel like we need to be a part of this drinking thing because everyone else is drinking, that's where it gets tough. Mm-hmm. But if you just think about the function of drinking or not drinking, it's a really simple, doable, anyone can do mm-hmm. as long as they have the emotional fortitude that's right. and, to say, I want to honor myself more than I want to honor this experience. Mm-hmm. Another piece that, that you didn't mention about anything, it could be working out, mm-hmm. it could be alcohol, it could be hiking, it could be anything. The minute we rely on whatever it is to relax us, which alcohol often does, uh, open us up, get us to a state of like carefree and having fun. And alcohol can represent a lot of those things. Whenever we can, whenever we need something, and, and for other people, those same things can also be said about working out. The minute something outside of us is our answer to any one of those variables and more, we've disempowered ourselves. 100%. In fact, what I'm realizing right now, um, you know, when I'm not drinking, I'm, uh, it's funny, I would say something like, man, I just feel like I'm more irritable. I'm not. I'm just conscious of the irritability that existed before I drank alcohol. Mm-hmm. You understand? And, and then when I would drink, I wasn't conscious of how irritable I really was. Mm-hmm. And now the question is, do I go have a drink to be less irritable? Or well, do I release irritability by learning what's causing it? Precisely. And I'm in this spot right now where I've been explaining myself, like I'm going from being the Incredible Hulk back to Bruce Banner, <laughs> you know, instead of Bruce Banner to the Incredible Hulk. But and it, it is very much a feeling of, of, reinvention, turning myself inside out kind of thing um, with clarity from, yeah. you know, it's a, but it's a scary thing though. That clarity is scary. Awareness is scary. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, whoa, I didn't, I didn't realize I was showing up like that, mm-hmm. you know, and that, it, it makes it really easy to want to default to things like, you know, whether it's medicine, you right. know, um, or the other thing is sleep. Mm-hmm. I can just go close my eyes and this will go away, right. you know, things like right. that. That's uh, one of the biggest um, things in depression mm-hmm. is people sleep alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's this, uh, it's an interesting time right now. Like, no, I want to be awake to this. Mm-hmm. I want to go face this. And that's, yeah. uh, I'm getting more comfortable in that. But it's, it's a, for me, I'm somebody who likes to be liked, you know, <laughs> I like to be wanted. Uh, I like to feel feel like I feel felt. I like for people to feel safe around me. Sure. And um, I'm realizing I'm, 
I'm realizing I got some work to do in all those areas <laughs> in a more conscious way, which is uh, at first it's a bummer. You know, yeah. it's like, ah, you're like, man, this is a lot. I thought I was doing pretty that's good. That's right. You got it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then it, but then it's also like, it's also like, well, gosh, self-realization starts the healing process. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, like, all right, at least I know. Self-realization and self-auditing are yeah. really too um, interchangeable. Yeah, yes. I think that the self-realization starts the audit process, right? I mean, I could be like, there's nothing wrong with me, and then I don't have to audit. Right. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my gosh, there's some, there's some things I got to really stretch here. Um, yeah. So now what, where, what are the things that I'm doing in my life or what are the patterns <laughs> I've created or those sorts of things so that I can now start to audit um, yeah. Yeah, and then that's where the work begins, and then it's practice. Yeah, and practice is really hard. You know, there's yeah. that, that old saying, "A new do old dog's new tricks." You know, I'm I'm realizing the reality of that, but I'm also like, I'm going to change that saying. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it can be tough, but yeah. there's some things to really speed up the process, mm -hmm. and I'll, I'll explain those. Um, well, because you know, we can go a million different directions all the time. So let me just say it, and then that way we don't yeah. miss coming back mm -hmm. to it. Um, to integrate this fast and to make it a truth, you can't just be a frontal lobe thought process. You have to close your eyes, do some really good breathing in through the nose, out through the mouth. This is for somebody who doesn't even meditate, visualize, or anyone, anyone can do this. Mm -hmm. You just put a timer on, two, three minutes, close your eyes. And all you do is breathe as deep as you can in through your nose, out through your mouth. And that starts three minutes. Once the timer goes off, then you just add another three minutes and then you think of this new thought construct new way you want to see yourself showing up. And if you've got an event tonight and you know you don't want to drink and you want to be really strong in yourself, you breathe in, not just into the frontal lobe now, because now that you've activated the breath, you breathe that into the body and you have to pull it into the actual cells of the body. If you can get the thoughts, words, feelings, visualization, imagery into the cellular being, you have stored it deeper into your body so that your body now holds a level of strength to support you in making the change or not drinking or whatever else it is. So for people who are wondering, well, how do you do this? That's a big part of the process. Massive part. And then consistency every day. There's still things I'm working on that when I started my journey over 15 years ago, I'm still working on. Yep. Like, and I'm every day continuing to pull them deeper and integrate them more patience, mm -hmm. understanding, acceptance. Mm -hmm. I, I have a, my, the new way I've done the mantra is patience through understanding, mm -hmm. awareness, and acceptance. And then I visualize mm -hmm. what that looks like for me. But then, and then where I wanted to go back to was the self-audit, mm -hmm. self-realization part. What you did is you looked at your current present day life and you looked at everything that was serving you and the things that that maybe or most likely aren't. And you started to think about, well, what if I change this? Does this impact this? What if I change this? And you got to the drinking one and you go, wow, mm -hmm. this changes and impacts mm -hmm. a lot of different areas. Mm -hmm. This is the one I wanna do mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. That's a really cool self audit because it involves where you wanna go. Mm -hmm. It involves looking in real time at your landscape of your own life. And then it, it it's something that you work on. There's another level of self audit slash self-realization that comes from evaluating your day and it's a it's a good one i'm sure you do it as well but for me it's it's really important so if i've been out running errands all day um the next morning i get up i do my meditation visualization whatever you call it which is three three four five minutes of breathing do some energy work on my areas of my body and then i go okay let's audit yesterday let's self-realize 
how did you show up? How did you show up going to Lowe's? Did you get frustrated? Did you get in a hurry? Did you get irritable? What does that all look like for you? And did you have positive interactions? Did you lower your vibration around somebody who was heavy? And I just go through literally my simple day. And I look for all the small things, not big things. Because fortunately, when you do look at the small things, you, the universe doesn't have to bring you big things to club you over the head with because you keep growing through the small stuff and then you're good. But that process is huge in me self-auditing daily on just simple functional experiences, but it's more of a, 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 a day in review and picking and seeing if there's anything. And the good things I audit as well and go, wow, like, okay, I want to do more of that. I'm going to add that to how I do it, right? Visualization bank, you know? And if something shows up that like, oh, I was like, I gave that person attitude or I had a little fear about how the bill ended up being $243 and I was just trying to buy some wood, you know? like. If I have anything, I can look at it and I go, okay, how do I want to show up differently? How can I replay that now with a different, bigger version of myself and actually rewrite yesterday and then take that into today? How about the days when you're happy with the self-audit? I celebrate those and, I, and I, I turn up the volume on them and I put like flags in them. And so that way when I show up in a day where I'm not, I go, remember this day? What's an example of something where you're stoked on your self-audit? Like when you go like, I showed up great in that situation. I can call a customer service rep mm -hmm. and you get somebody who doesn't care about anything, mm -hmm. including you. And I'm patient mm -hmm. and I'm kind or driving. Those are some of my two biggest victories because those are areas where I, I, I seem to get triggered mm -hmm. more. And I think it's just the sheer lack of recklessness of humans, whether it's behind a wheel or just on the phone. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but these are areas where I've really demonstrated uh, patience through understanding, mm -hmm. awareness, mm -hmm. and then acceptance. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, wow. So there was this person in, in, that I was interacting with and I changed, I held such a space and they weren't able to, they didn't understand anything I was trying to tell. And I was just like, okay, li listen. And I, and I kind of visualized them and who they were and where they were at in their life and what they were trying to do and how they're doing the best they can and how they're throwing into something that they don't have full bandwidth and they were never taught the full understanding of what they're trying to navigate people through. I'm like, oh, I'm like, they just don't know. It's okay. I'll, I'll call back and I'll get a different rep and maybe I'll get somebody who does know how to navigate this one thing. And those are big victories for me or when you know, I'm dropping a client off at the airport on Friday and there's a big old traffic jam. And, and to me, my ego in humanness says, what's right? Every other car, right? Like if you're trying to merge into two lanes and traffic's backed up, it's every other car. And I looked at that situation. I'm like, wow, okay. Like that feels really good. Like I just, I didn't care about the every other car rule. I just was like, you know what? Cause I always think like, you learn this in kindergarten. Like, how is this a conflict? This is all human judgment, by the way, uh, which doesn't feel good and doesn't exist in understanding, acceptance, awareness. And, and, mm. and um, so <laughs> it's really funny. That was another big one. Yep. And these are just recent. Yeah, no. I know. So I really look at these and I go, okay, like, this is great. And then I'm going to just keep building on these. Very familiar. Yeah. That was familiar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah, I. Uh, I've been working on, um, like a lot of my, 
it's not even self audit, the, the positive self audit and something that I've just been really conscious about is, um, making a deeper connection with every person I come into contact with mm. no matter what. And my most obvious one is the clerk at the store, <clears throat> yes. right? Because it's, you know, so people are going so fast in their day and they're so self-absorbed. If you're in a long line at a store, four or five, six people deep, watch the five people in front of you act as if the person standing in front of them is a robot. Right. They're texting on their phone, they're on the phone, the person's asking them a question, they're not even answering them, yeah. they're not looking them in the or eye. Or big mumble. Yeah, it's just, and then you get up to the line and it's like, before we get started here, how are you doing today? Watch how they, they are shocked, they're in shock. Like right. they look up and they stop and they're like, their whole head turned sideways, like, great, thank you for asking. You know, and it's like just that type of a shift and it doesn't take any more time, right? And then as you pass through that and carry it into, and then my one for driving that I was doing it on the way up here to come and visit you is slow lane, cruise control, speed limit, you know? And I just spend my time in that space and it just feels so much better, you know? And it's yeah. like, uh, let everybody else drive around me fast, angry, you know, in a hurry, you know? Um, and those are two places, especially because I do a lot of driving, right. um, that have really allowed me to calm my heart rate. And um, the other thing I do is I don't have any sound in my car. So I don't listen to the radio anymore, I don't listen to music. It's an opportunity to get quiet. So it's like those little things throughout the day that are helping in my self audit. So, That's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, slow lane, mm -hmm. cruise control, yep. speed limit. That's right. That's a fun one. It's a good one. That would be a good it's one. It's a test. And, and it's just a yeah. simple human task, but well, watch how it stirs emotions. That's right. And then then you have to deal with those emotions that come up mm -hmm. and work through patience, yeah. work through calmness, work through it's okay. Because yep. that word, that has to be a mantra. It's okay. That's right. I'll get where I'm going. It's funny. You said okay. uh, understanding, awareness. And acceptance. Acceptance. Mine for acceptance, uh, an old Chris, a Chris McLaughlin favorite is unattachment or non-attachment. It's been a big one for me lately. Um, you know, our, it's a very emotional real estate market right now mm -hmm. and very emotional. The agents are emotional because it's difficult. Buyers and sellers are very emotional because there's not a lot going on in that space. And uh, I'm getting a lot of heightened voices when I'm talking on the phone and uh, hanging up the phone and going, did I do my best? Did I really just, did I do, did, was I paced? Did I raise my voice? Was my body language, you know, off? You know, was I in the moment? Mm -hmm. And um, and going, I did my best. It sounds like I didn't do my best because someone's yelling at me <laughs> right now or they're not happy. But if I did my best, being unattached from that and, uh, and moving on, moving, just yeah. moving through that phone call and moving on with my day. But I do check in. At the end of those moments, did I do my best? Yeah. Was that the did know, I show up? Did was I, I miss conscious? A, did it? Did I lower a vibrational? Right. Did I re respond you vibrationally to where they're at? That's right. Or did I stay high? You got it. Stay in my truth. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. That's the self audit. You yeah, know, that's kidding. really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. um, since you brought up kind of real estate, and North and Co, and <laughs> yeah. everything else. When we first started working together, when did you shift from being uh, working as a manager yeah. in, in for a well, Green Street, right? Yep. Um, what year was that? Do you remember? Uh, that was 2009, late 2009. Okay. So we met just before that yep. then, um, which is really cool because sometimes I forget how long I've known people. I know. Well, and that's 11 years. 11 years. 
to me, it's amazing because there's a part of me that feels like I've known you forever. I know. That's what I was saying earlier. And part of me feels like, man, it was just yesterday that we met, right? Yeah. Like, you've done a lot in a short amount of time. And I remember those first kind of three years when you were blowing up big in real estate. And I remember us having a conversation about this. It's so vivid in my mind in one of our sessions. And people are like, you know, why are you so successful? What are you doing? And your simple answer, I just care. Do you remember that? hundred percent. You're like, I just care. And I, I remember, remember the first time I said that, yeah. uh, not to you, but in yeah. another conversation, and yeah. it, was, it became something from that moment on. You're like, but yeah, I, I remember. It. And I remember the like everything about it. You were just like, I just care. Like yeah. there was this body language to you mm-hmm. and everything. And it was so deep and so pure. And it comes with such a profound truth. And it's really been the model that has built from going from that to having a beautiful team, breaking into Arcadia, which you know is, is not an easy thing, especially when there's people and agents that have been there forever, have 90% of the listings and you know close 90% of the buyers, and, and then you're just this guy who goes from zero to 100 mm-hmm. miles an hour in a short amount of time and breaking into a market with a simple, I just care, Mm -hmm. which was, I care about myself, I care about them, I care about the transaction, I care about them getting into a home, I care about them getting what they want, I care about how I show up, I care about all these fundamental things. That's the the deeper definition of I care, right? For sure. And even now, today, when I look at North & Co. and what they're doing, there's so many different, you mentioned Chris. Chris is doing mindful um, uh, seminars and self-empowerment seminars. And I get to come in gratefully um, and share on different things. And then there are other people uh, who, and I'll see it all the time because the list every week on stories, if you follow uh, North & Co. on Instagram, you'll see every week it shows who, what the week holds, who's doing what. And there are so many North & Coers that care and want to contribute to the community and want to offer their wisdom, offer their, their, um, their time, their information for people. I really see that simple individual guy that said, I just care, truly integrated into everybody there. It's beautiful. When you say I can feel and see what you're saying and I, I'm, I intuitively knew we were going there. What I feel like I, what I'm feeling in my body is I need to stop and smell the roses. Mm. That's what I'm feeling. Like you're, I'm like, you're right. And while I intuitively would agree with you, I haven't actualized it. Yeah. How do you do that? How, what are you going to do now to actualize that? Well, if we, I'll, I'll quickly, I'll go back for just a second to that obligation yesterday that I had mm-hmm. and that being the pivot point. Um, you know, when I look at my calendar tonight to do my Sunday planning for this week, I have zero, I, I, there are no openings in my calendar, none. Like there isn't an opening where I'm like, <clears throat> go sit in the corner and stare out the window for 30 minutes go sit and have lunch by yourself. Those don't exist. Mm-hmm. So I've not, I've not, I've not offered myself an opportunity to stop and smell the roses. I mean, if my calendar is a hundred percent full, 
I mean, I book right through lunch, you know I mean? I don't even book an hour to eat, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, um, and so I, it has to start there. I mean, I, I, or the only other option is run 10, 12 hours a day, somehow finding, being so good at self-auditing and self-awareness that while I'm driving down the road in cruise control with no sound on, that's my moment where I could mm -hmm. self-actualize. And that's unrealistic. Um, that's not going to work. I'm driving, so how can I be detached from driving to be able to actualize it? Right. So it's just going to start with, um, you know, offering myself more time, whether it's as simple as calendaring it um, or creating events. You know, I could go into the creative side of it, which would be creating time to connect with people who are serving that eye care mentality or... Um, Can we know. bring that back? Can we bring that back as one of the themes? Uh, right now? Is that what you're in, saying? In North and Co.? Yeah. I'd love to see in big, bold, yeah. I care, yeah. and have some kind of cool tag where yeah. people start saying, I care. Yeah. Uh, in, in that moment and um, that would be a fun thing kind of to bring back mm -hmm. and to me knowing how fast I've been going because getting this how I feel well that I feel definitely since August I've been doing about 9,000 RPMs mm -hmm. with everything I've been doing and the travel and trips and business and just business alone has kept me much in mm -hmm. that schedule mode. And then any extra time that I'm not just doing business in some way, shape or form, I've been just trying to get this house to where it needs mm -hmm. to be. And in those times, I understand they're short term. And as long as you can make this week a short term experience versus just your life. Mm -hmm. And then but in those times, that's where five, ten minutes of visualization, where you can take a deep breath in, and you unplug from being a realtor, you unplug from being a dad, you unplug from being anyone for, to anybody for five, ten minutes, and you visualize yourself in a giant, like, warehouse, because a warehouse is a great thing to visualize with nothing in it. It's just concrete as far as you can see, big, giant metal walls, and it's just like... And just see yourself there with nothingness and allow yourself to get into a state of total detachment for five minutes, 10 minutes. Even when this week comes, you'd be surprised at how huge that is to creating a sacred space within that gives you the exhale that can last you through the week. Mm -hmm. If you're doing it daily, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, I'm, I am doing it daily right now. Yeah. It's the most consistent I've been with my visualization and breath work um, maybe ever. Yeah. Um, it's part of my morning routine cool. every morning. Yeah. So, uh, and I do it, I, I feel pretty good. I, I think I, I got to mix it up a little bit for my body. I think it's the very, it's the second thing I do in the morning. I drink a big glass of water to mm -hmm. start my morning and then I do my visualization and, um, I feel like it might be a little too early. I feel like I might need to get myself going a little bit more. Um, I catch myself almost falling asleep, which mm. I think there could be something good about that. But then again, like, Mm. because I'm not, I'm not great at it. I'm not exercised, you know, right. I'm not, I'm my, my, my visualization fitness is, is not quite there yet. I'm still in that tired state. I'm allowing thoughts to creep in, um, and kind of dominate the visualization sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing I'm doing is I'm still listening to old 
um, visualizations that we've done together, okay. which are still really great. I mean, I have ones that are not, they weren't, they're not specific to a time to like something that we were working through together. Sure. And I have some favorites that right. I listen to over and over and over again, but I like this empty warehouse thing. Cause it's almost what I was thinking of when you said that was like, um, I'm starting over. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think about it in a scary way. Mm-hmm. I thought about it in an exciting way. Right. Um, like, oh, man, I got an empty warehouse. I can go fill it with new ideas, thoughts, creativity, that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but it's fun. I, I'm, I'm, I, my visualization is strong right now, which is really oh, good. that's really yeah. great. Yeah. I also do water first mm-hmm. thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, at least 25 to 30 uh, ounces of water. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do some chlorophyll. I do my spirulina. Um, and, um, and then, uh, uh, I put a couple of grains of uh, Hawaiian salt underneath mm-hmm. my tongue mm-hmm. Then I stretch. This is where I feel like you could get a little bit more blood flow. Mm-hmm. I do some stretching. I do some squats and some pushups. Mm-hmm. I don't do the pushups. I don't do the squats, but I do stretch. Cool. Yeah. So 10 minutes of stretching. I don't do the supplements, so I should, yeah. um, should do supplements. I had like a supplement regimen that I was doing, but then I, um, I wasn't feeling great after breakfast. Mm. And so I backed off of like a traditional breakfast. I was making like a, a spread every morning, you know, mm. for the kids. Cause it was kind of fun sure. waking up in the morning and making breakfast before school and us all sitting down at the table and having breakfast, kind of breaking bread together, yeah, but I wasn't feeling great. Um, mm. and so um, I kind of pulled back off of that. And then the supplements I was taking were more like pill form yeah. and they were like too much for my stomach on an, on a more empty stomach. So mm-hmm. some things add back, but yeah, the, yeah. the so spirulina mm-hmm. creates alkalinity mm-hmm. um, and it coats uh, mm-hmm. and more protects the stomach mm-hmm. and it gives you great B12 and great iron. Great. And so those things are really, and it won't like disrupt or it won't, it actually calms acid. So it would be really nice that Great. way. Um, you can also squeeze a little bit of lemon <coughs> in your water, mm-hmm. which increases alkalinity. Mm-hmm. And then the salt uh, increases absorption. I, I really feel like that. And then add in some squats. Mm-hmm. And I just literally keep my feet shoulder width apart, mm-hmm. square as possible. And I, I squat as deep as I can. Mm-hmm. And at first, they're a little more shallow, mm-hmm. maybe not even 90 degrees for the first three or four. Then I get about five or six of them in at 90. Mm-hmm. And then I get fluid enough to where I can actually go past 90 mm-hmm. and almost sit my butt to my heels. That's like stretching. That first stretch, mm-hmm. you don't quite get it there. Oh, man. <laughs> like, yeah. That's right. You know, yeah, I look but at by, people who can get up and just literally oh, like, yeah. be a rubber band. I'm like, how do you do that? Not me. Yeah, not me. But yeah. then after three or four minutes, I'm like, oh, I can wrap my fingers under my toes. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Yeah, but that would be a really cool mm-hmm. ad. And, and so add just some things that would give you what you're looking for alkalinity Mm -hmm. and nourishment wise and the lemon Mm -hmm. and the sea salt. And then that puts minerals back in. It puts alkalinity back in. It gives you really great iron and and boosts some of your um, digestive health. Do your stretching like you normally do. Mm -hmm. Do, I would say, 25 to 40 Mm push-ups. And then uh, 10, um, I'd say 15 to, to 25 squats. Awesome. And that gets the blood and every, and all of a sudden then you sit down, you've done enough to feel it, but not too much to where you've taken too much time right. or too much energy. Mm-hmm. I think you would really love that. I would. I know it'll be good for me. I've been this thing of, um, of, uh, 
falling out of love with the amount of things and just falling in love with one thing at a time. Cause I use, I'm such a consumer. Like I can do it all. I'm such a believer. I can do everything, all yeah. of it right now. I'm going to draw a plan out. This is my new morning regimen and it's water stretching, reading my goals, writing in my gratitude journal. Like these are all the things that I have in my morning routine now. Um, but instead at first it was my water and my breath work. I'll just try these two. That's it. I'm going to get, I'm going to get, and the big one for me was not drinking. I mean, that was the, and it was like, if I'm going to, if I'm going to not drink and commit to this large morning routine, something's going to break down. Like I'm going, because it's just all so much at one time. It's just realistic. So it's just, that's right. You know, I'm really, uh, I'm really excited about my commitment to just adding one thing at a time, you know? So the supplements are really supplement. I don't know. I'm, I'm, Mm. supplements and strength. I mean, I, I feel really good about like my weight, you know, I mean, just like I've shedded some of those extra, you know, pounds, not drinking yeah, you look good. my sleep. Thank you. And the fact I'm a little swollen today from probably dumping some chemical energy yesterday. <laughs> um, but I do feel good. Um, you know, you a little confidence. My clothes are fitting better and just, you know, th- little things like that. And, uh, but I'm, I do need some strength. I know I'm lacking physical strength, um, yeah. because I've really just been focused on, um, focused on those one or two things. And, uh, so I just, I need to get some, so I think that, uh, the squats and the pushups will be my, my add on. That's, yeah. it's a really fun thing. Um, I've always wanted to do it mm-hmm. and it was just, I'm like, and I was talking to a client and I was sharing with them. I'm like, Hey, this would be a great thing for you to do. And they were definitely in, in need of some strength, but you know what? I'll do it with you and let's do a three week little challenge not challenge, let's do a three-week accountability support system. Mm-hmm. And every time I get mine done, I'll text you, hey, got them in, and every time you get them done, you text me. Mm-hmm. And it was, and I do that from time to time with clients, whether it be uh, their visualization practice or meditation practice or some, something like this. Mm-hmm. And so it was so great. And it was everything I thought it would be that I've always wanted to do, mm-hmm. but because we're always so busy with mm-hmm. life. And then now I just absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... Yeah, no, uh... It's good. I have I have in the past had that in my morning routine. Uh, this push-ups specifically, not squats. Yeah. Um, I had this thing for. I read an article in um, Outside Magazine about a guy who's seventy-two years old, and since he was in his mid-thirties, he did his age in push-ups and sit-ups every morning. Still Ooh. to this day, at seventy-two, he does seventy-two push-ups and seventy-two sit-ups every morning. Baller. And so I added that to my routine. I've fallen off recently. But uh, I had my boys doing it with me at their age as well. So Rio was doing eight and eight at the time, and Royce was doing 11 and 11, and I was doing 41 and 41. And um, Wait, how old are you now? 42. Are you really? Yeah. You look great. Thanks, bud. I, uh, yeah. I feel good. I really feel good right now. Yeah, your skin, your 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 lightness, mm-hmm. um, you can tell the difference. And I was surprised because I didn't drink a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, I quit after we came back um, from Europe um, last year, last yeah. summer. And I drank, I was like a share a bottle of wine mm-hmm. once every couple of weeks with mm-hmm. Nikki. Mm-hmm. And then, um, believe it or not, Jaeger, since it's herbal, mm-hmm. you, as yeah. you know, you know, I, I've been a fan of Jaeger. It's herbal, it's medicinal, mm-hmm. it's a great, just digestive. So just a little glass of that mm-hmm. every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think it would be that big of an impact. Mm-hmm. It was huge. Yeah. I couldn't believe how much, even with that subtlety, yeah. how much better I felt. Yeah. It... <sighs> <laughs> it's there is the, absolutely the obvious which is how much better i feel and and the better i feel is like sleeping it's a yeah. big one and mind clarity right well so yes but what comes with mind clarity for me is really intense you know <laughs> um uh, 
I'm going to say some really not so great things right now. So just prepping everyone. But like, I find myself judging a lot because people are, I'm at a happy hour. I still, I still am meeting my social, you know, I mean, my business is so social. So instead of like, no, I can't meet you at happy hour. Like, of course I can meet you at happy hour. I'm just going to drink a soda water. And then whoever I'm with is two cocktails in and, you know, the, the cognitive connectivity just starts to wane and the judgment goes up and the, you know, cursing increases and the, all these things. And then I find myself judging or getting frustrated that the gap is growing wider in our ability to communicate and connect the way that we did before the alcohol happened or, you know, the speed at which I'm thinking my thought processes is working, you know, which I'm already a quick thinker and mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a quick creative thinker and I have the ability to process into the future and right. in creative conversations and then work myself back to what's actually being happening. And I'm finding and myself on top of intuition where you can actually hear what's coming. Yes. before it's coming. There's a different level just to what you're saying where you just kind of know where it's going. Yes. Now here's the challenge. I'm getting frustrated with the person sitting across from me because I've already gone to the future and come back and I have to wait until you're done. You know what I mean? And it's like, God, maybe I should just go get a drink so I'm foggy and hungover so that we can converse this way. And Let it me sounds slow down yes, to be with you. That's right. Which is like, and it sounds so almost arrogant, you know, and it's not. It's just, again, this like, wow, the clarity is so intense. You know, I, people have been asking me like, why'd you quit drinking? And, uh, and I said, because I want to be world class. They say world class at what? <laughs> Being human. Yeah. Right? That's 100%. really it. Right. And uh but it's intense when there's so many people not focused on, you know, not being intentional about their best being their best human self being their best self and it's it's a lot of work i mean it's it it is and it isn't i want to finish with this which is it's it's uh kind of created this want for me to be recluse you know what i mean like i'd just rather be alone and that's a scary thing for me because i've Mm. never been that way i've i've always been so wanting to be connected and wanting to be with people and then i'm back to this self-audit conversation of like who's who's serving where i'm going to go right not many people. So now I'm finding myself not shutting off relationships, but just not being as excited to engage in those relationships sure. and then feeling the judgment from them. <laughs> you know, so it's this, this is that Hulk to Bruce Banner yeah. thing that's going on right now. So a couple of cool things there yeah. is you've got understanding and awareness down really well. Mm. It's the acceptance mm-hmm. piece that when you in that real time situation mm-hmm. at that happy hour, uh, elevate to the next skill level of acceptance, mm-hmm. then you won't care at what speed they're going. Mm-hmm. You won't care how long it takes them to get there. If you've gone to the future and back, which I 100% know what that means when mm-hmm. you say that, um, now you go, okay, well, how can I play with it now that I already know what the outcome's going to be? Now, how can I play and sprinkle um, opportunity, enlightenment? magic i already have accepted this is what it is now how can i play in this space that's where i said earlier do you hear me mention practice uh-huh. that's what i call practice so mm-hmm. like the awareness leads to the ability to heal right mm-hmm. i shared that in this particular instance the healing for me is judgment mm-hmm. right the acceptance the opposite of judgment is acceptance and working through like i'm judging right now okay so what do you do with that well, accept. I know, but I'm really annoyed by this person right now. You know, like why? It's my own trigger. They didn't do anything wrong. Right. They're not consciously 
doing anything to affect me. I'm letting them affect me. And now I'm judging, working myself back to acceptance. And they don't even know. I just am having like this, I'm at in, having this internal debate with my ego. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, uh, and that practice is so fun for me. Yeah. It's gritty. You know, it's like, it's the work. It's where the magic happens. And I'm doing it in every area of my life right now. It's that thing I was saying of like, it starts with disappointment. I'm like, oh man, I really suck. You know what I mean? Like, holy cow. And, uh, and then it's like, okay, no, you don't. Now that you're aware, now you can begin the healing. And then I find myself in the moment, moment judging or being critical or whatever. And now it's like, okay, work to acceptance. Like man, this is really hard to accept. I want to slap this person. <laughs> you know I mean? Isn't you the know? humanness great? Like the humanness is <sighs> yeah, so big yeah, in all of us. Yeah, totally. Um, but I can appreciate the recluse part of that too yeah. because um, there's been many a times, and I think we've been talking about. It, I'm like, dude, I'm gonna go just find a mountain yeah. and just go mind my own business. Yeah. And literally, I was looking three and a half hours away and yeah. buying a mountain, yeah. and um, it was a. It, and then once I understood kind of how that wasn't going to yeah. serve me, but also how I can still be, if I'm, I'm not 50, 50, I'm not 50% integrated into like social and humanity. Yours is a little different business wise. Mm. Cause most of my work can be through a screen or then mm. some stuff's in person only if I choose. But the point is, is that I don't have to go out there if I don't want to. Mm-hmm. And part of your business, with such a huge social aspect, there's tons of those events. And whether it's a big opening at an open house where you're launching a house that's massive and awesome, and because you guys list some amazing homes Mm -hmm. at Northern Coast. So there's always, and of course, everyone else is wanting to have a social time and social hour. So it doesn't even have to be at a bar. Like you're getting that experience no matter where you're at. Constantly. But I would say that it's okay to feel the essence of feeling recluse because what you're really saying on a positive level is I am enough to be with myself mm-hmm. just as I am. Mm-hmm. Now, if we can turn that, take the, the uh, acceptance, uh, turn that up a little bit, then you can still feel, you won't want to pull away because you don't want to be around people. You want to pull away because you're in love with yourself mm-hmm. and your environment. And then you'll amp your group mm-hmm. of people you do spend time with. And then when you are still in those situations, like, you know, at that happy hour mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, is this really what we're talking mm-hmm. about right now? You'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I am learning that space right now. I'm just mm-hmm. a student. I'm in like fourth grade, it feels like, you know, <laughs> in that in that space where it's like, you know, yes, I'm okay loving myself, but then I'm also pulled back to like, but I miss, I miss what fed my non-love of self, right? I mean, the emptiness, right? All of the social and all of the people and all of the relationships fed the emptiness. So then there's a part where I'll I'll be drawn back to that. Um, It's interesting. I want to uh, highlight something. Just It was two or three days ago, and I have to think about who it was. I I will come up with it. But um, uh, somebody asked, we were were in an organic conversation, much like we are in now. And I made a comment about, I don't have a lot of friends. And they were really surprised by me saying this. And, uh, and in the same organic conversation, I was talking about spending time with you. And the person, I, can't, I will remember who it was, said, it's so funny. I was talking to Al not too recent, not in the too recent best, and he said the same thing. <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of friends, except you guys are going to hang out this weekend. 
And I was like, exactly. <laughs> That's a yes. Because I think, and you know, my interpretation, these words won't be exact, but like, I think we serve, um, we, we serve ourselves by being with each other. I think mm, if that, yeah. it's probably the right way to say it. And, mm. and so it's, um, but it was pretty interesting. So I, I'll figure out who this was and I'll tell you later, but yeah, cause and, and it wasn't someone obvious. Yeah. It wasn't, it was, wow. uh, it was not somebody obvious. It wasn't Stephanie. It wasn't, you know, it was, Chris yeah, no, it was not somebody obvious. So I'll, I'll think about who it was, but yeah, pretty um, interesting. Probably a, maybe a Jason Hall or yeah, something like that. I, I will I will dial it in. Well, listen, um, in spirit of you and the time mm-hmm. you shared today, I'm I'm really appreciative of that. I know there's I'm sure you have still plenty of full day left. Even, I do, even though it's a Sunday, <laughs> yeah. and I want to honor that. Yep. Um, if you still have some time, which I think we do, mm-hmm. we'll we'll cook up some yep. great breakfast burritos yep. if you're interested yep. in that. And then, but I really appreciate this. Of course, um, your Instagram is. Brian C. North. Cool. And North and Co. is the Instagram for North. For the company, yeah. Um, you do post a lot of fun things, mm-hmm. and you have some really great content. My favorite is your kids and yep. all the fun things you do. And yep. Anytime they're on video with you, yep. I'm like, yes, yep. this is it. That's this it. is like what I wait for. Yep. <laughs> oh. Yeah. You know, it's funny. My Instagrams, I don't post a lot. I go on runs, mm-hmm. right, where like... And I'll go for a week and I'll post a handful of things and I just disappear for a couple of weeks. And it's, it's really, I actually really, my approach to that feels really good where it's just like, I really am unattached from social media. And, uh, if in that moment it's good enough to take a picture and share with the world, it for sure lit me up, Mm -hmm. whether it's a picture of a pelican on a pier. I mean, it's one of my favorite pictures when I look through my Instagram page, like it's a pelican on a pier at the beach and nobody really knows what I was feeling at that moment, you mm-hmm. know, which is totally fine. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Um, but, uh, or with my kids or snowboarding adventure or something at work, but it's just really like, this is my life. This is, this is yeah. what's lighting me up. So. For me, I, I feel the same. I've been living my life versus posting my mm-hmm. life and that's not a bad thing. I'm so, I literally have been so busy that I'll just forget yeah. social media exists yep. and I'll just be doing whatever it is yep. I'm doing. So, but I still love following you for those runs that you go on. And um, I encourage anyone else to do the same. Um, But I love you, brother. Thanks. I love love you you so much. And I thank you for spending time with me today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm glad we can make a difference together. You've made enough of an impact on me. I'm glad I can add some value back. Thank you so much. You know it for sure. All right. Cool, brother. That's all good.